at the end of the day, marketing is about making people more money. You're excited about the AI opportunities. And once I flipped that mindset and I started looking at it as a tool, it totally flipped my mindset. Instead of taking this top-down approach, look at the keywords that are going to drive business value for your law firm. In other words, if somebody searches for this, does this end up in a conversion? Welcome to Personal Injury Mastermind. I'm your host, Chris Dreyer, founder and CEO of Rankings.io, the elite legal marketing agency. Each week, you get insights and wisdom from some of the best in the industry. On these special Toolkit Tuesdays, we dive deep into conversations with the leading vendors in the legal sphere. The masterminds behind the technologies, services, and strategies that help law firms not just survive, but thrive in today's competitive landscape. Now, this isn't about selling you the latest software or getting kickbacks from affiliate links. It's about bringing you the best so you can be the best for your firm, for your staff, for your clients, and for you. This is Toolkit Tuesday on PIM, your weekly guide to staying sharp in the legal world. Let's get started. AI is changing the rules of digital marketing. It is shifting theory on organic and local search, keywords and content creation, and even how marketing teams are structured. The technology is changing so quickly, it can be hard to keep up, but this evolution can be a good thing. AI is requiring marketers become more strategic managers of the AI systems. They will have to embrace innovation. What this means for your firm is more value for your money. And here at Rankings, we've got you covered. Today, we're taking a deep dive into the potential impact of AI on digital marketing with Brian Stewart. Ryan has been a top-tier marketer for over 15 years. He has helped over 3,000 SEO specialists improve their systems and processes, and is currently managing partner at Webris, The Blueprint Training, and Ryan Stewart Consulting. He explains why disruption might be a good thing for your bottom line, how AI can aid strategic content management, why early adoption will put you ahead of the pack. Here's marketing master, Ryan Stewart. I went to College of the Holy Cross undergrad, played four years of football up there. Life-changing experience. Feels like It feels like a whole lifetime ago now at this point. But really, it did set up the foundation for a lot of what I do on a daily basis, just in terms of mentality, toughness, work ethic, stuff like that. But after I graduated, it was 2009, economy was rough. I was very fortunate to get a job in consulting with Accenture and Deloitte, kind of bounced around between the two of them, doing some marketing analytics stuff with them. Did that for about a year in Washington, D.C. and moved down to Miami and quickly realized that I didn't want to do it anymore. (laughs) Just wasn't for me, wearing the shirt and tie, sitting in traffic every day. Didn't like being told what I couldn't, couldn't make. It just didn't sit well with me. And at that time, internet marketing was starting to become a little bit of a thing. This is back in the day before. I mean, you had to literally convince people that the internet was going to be a thing. Companies thought it was just a fad that was happening. It was nuts. But I dove into it and started discovering about SEO. And this is back like Facebook before Instagram days and just realizing that there was an opportunity to make some money. So I started building some side hustles, if you will, some blogs and ended up learning a lot and getting really good at it and to the point where I started taking on some clients. And within about a year or two of doing that, I was able to leave my job, quit my job. And ever since then, it's been full time as a marketing consultant agency. I've been involved with five agencies or so over the last 15 or so years. I sold two of them. I've done some stuff in software, sold some of that like micro SaaS stuff, which has led me to where I am today, which is, you know, I consider myself a a marketing entrepreneur and a marketing consultant. No matter what I think I do, I'll always be involved in some sort of human to human marketing, coaching, consulting, um, or done for you services. So I have three businesses in my portfolio right now. I have Webris, which is a digital agency. We do search marketing. We specialize in working with a lot of law firms and also a lot of home services, roofing contractor businesses. Pretty much anyone with a high customer value will will crush it for them. Um, 
then I have the Blueprint Training, which is a platform and a program for digital agencies, specifically SEO agencies. So we work on a coaching consulting basis. We've got training programs. We've built our own software suite for them. Basically take a lot of the learnings that I have on a daily basis running agency systems processes and roll it back in as a program for them. And then I also have Ryan Stewart Consulting where I'm a fractional CMO. And that's really like my high ticket stuff where I'll get a lot more involved on a one-on-one basis with really getting my hands dirty with marketing. And it's all B2B stuff. I don't really do e-com stuff. I like to stick with, uh, like I said, the higher ticket customer type acquisition campaigns. That's really that's really where I specialize. So I want to key in on a couple of things, uh, some unique selling propositions on WebRis. So a couple of things. Tell me about the Sprints model and how that's different from a traditional agency. And then also tell me about the blended approach that you're kind of uh, positioning as well. Tell me about those two different aspects from a traditional agency. Yeah, for sure. So so within Webers, we kind of have two different arms and departments. We have like the sprints model. That's pretty much any B2B company. We have some e-commerce companies, but pretty much anyone that needs SEO will service under that sprints model versus the law firm stuff. It's a little bit more true retainer based. And we take what you call this blended search approach where kind of that vertical keyword integration approach that I described where it's like, you're coming to us to get client. You're not coming. Don't come to us for SEO. Don't come to us for pay-per-click. Don't come to us for social media. Come to us with the problem that you really have, which is leads, right? And we will determine the best way for you to do that, looking holistically at search engines. Because for law firms, search engines are by far the best way to generate leads, like hands down, like no questions asked at search still. We operate a little bit more on a true retainer model there in terms of how we charge and bill and structure our contracts. But the sprint model is an operational model. As you kind of alluded to, I'm, I'm when it comes to my business life, I'm extremely type A, extremely process focused. Everything that I do, I like to document. Uh, I like to put down. That's just how I think, right? I learned that kind of at Accenture and Deloitte. I was doing like business process for engineering, like system architecture, stuff like that. So I was very fortunate that I learned to think in terms of processes. And what I really learned there too was that the biggest companies in the world, they run on processes. <laughs> Literally like visual processes, documentation, all that stuff. So my approach to that when I first started SEO was looking at it and I was like, yo, SEO is a freaking cluster F, dude. Like there's so much stuff going on. There's so many variables. There's so much to do. I started looking at documenting it in a way that was scalable and repeatable that allowed me to bring on people that didn't, I didn't have to pay 150K a year. Because if you get people that are, you can train them on the process, then they're just, the labor, labor rates can be a lot more favorable, right? Um, as opposed to like an SEO expert who's doing like forensic SEO. And when I really looked at the market too, right, I think that the SEO industry is amazing because it's very vibrant. It's very active. It's very passionate, right? But people tend to look pie in the sky at like the top 1% of websites and think that that's the right way to do SEO. Not that it's wrong, but like, technical SEOs does not need to be done on like 90% of the internet's websites. It just doesn't. (laughs) It just, it's not going to drive, it's not going to move the needle. We started looking at a way that we could systematize and productize SEO as a service. And it ended up in this, what we call the sprint model, which is broken down into three sprints. There's like a foundational sprint. um, There's a content sprint and there's a link sprint. And we found that especially two, three years ago, when we launched this model, it was very, it was received incredibly well by the market because people were tired of paying being locked in 12-month retainers with some agency that didn't know what they were doing. So we were able to go against the grain in how we were pitching and positioning ourselves and essentially selling SEO in like a productized sprint model, which has all sorts of benefits on the agency side in terms of like the wedge strategy, foot in the door strategy, you sell one sprint, get in and then upsell more sprints. You're not on long-term contracts, but you're still doing recurring work because content links are recurring. So the, the whole system just kind of came together beautifully. And that's actually a lot of what we teach at the Blueprint Training is 
especially if, if you're an agency doing less than like 25K a month, it's you have to productize your service. You just have to. And you have to have one singular focus on who you're working with. Otherwise, you're going to spin your wheels and it's going to be way harder than it needs to be. <laughs> um, when you're focused on solving a single problem for a single type of client, everything opens up for you, you know, which I know, obviously, you know. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, and you've helped, I believe, over 3,000 SEO specialists kind of adapt and, and kind of improve their systems and processes and their education around SEO. Uh, and you've helped us on on some of our Facebook ads and some of our strategies. I'm very appreciative of that. The Tell me about the the, the fractional CMO side. That seems like a lot of uh, a lot of fun, a lot of freedom, a lot of gives you complete creativity. Tell me about that side of uh, your business. Yeah, it's it's really what I enjoy doing the most. Marketing is really what I what I love enjoy doing is solving problems around marketing. And the fractional CMO stuff allows me to to do that at the at the purest form. It's essentially let's sit down, let's have a conversation about your business. Tell me what's a pain in your ass, and like I will I will come in and fix it for you. Again, B two B organizations like we have a I have probably four clients over there now. I try to keep the roster small because it does take a good amount of my bandwidth, and I've tried building a team over there, but I've got like two. I have like a project manager and, and then like a execution team. But essentially, what like the core of what I'll do over there is come in, diagnose problems, build a really good customized strategy for your business, and not just like, hey, you should do LinkedIn or like, hey, you should do Facebook ads, but like really building out the system, the process, scoping out what a team should look like for you to put in place. And then I just have some clients where we just get on a phone call twice a week for an hour and we just talk about business. We talk about, you know, it's a little more of like a coaching relationship. So it just depends on on the entrepreneur. It depends on the business, but it is what what I enjoy doing the most. I did a Google query of something like largest professional services organizations. And what I noticed was it wasn't the delivery side of professional services. It was the consultancy side. Yeah. It was they were the top revenue generators and, and the delivery side was actually significantly less on those lists. There were some exceptions, but for the most part, it's consultancy. You're at the top of Loom's taxonomy. You can synthesize this information and most people can't do that. You're one of the few that have the sales skills the operational mind and the marketing kind of like that blended, but your operations from how you've set up everything through using Google Suite, kind of going against the grain and not using the shiny object of ClickUp or Trello or Monday it has really stood out. And I guess let's start with Webris. And you have this specialty on legal SEO. Where do you see kind of search engine marketing and SEO with the advent of AI, I know everyone's wondering kind of what you see, what your thoughts are in that area. From a business point of view, I've been in this game long enough. I've seen Penguin. Penguin back in 2012 was devastational to the to the SEO industry and how we were doing things. That about took me out. Yeah. yeah, it took out a lot of people, man. It took out a lot of people. Having been in this business for long enough now, I realize that big changes like this, it's going to eviscerate a lot of the market, but it's also going to create a lot of opportunity. For people that are willing to change their systems, willing to change their strategy, willing to say, okay, we've done it this way for X amount of years, but we've got to adapt. So that's kind of the mindset that I'm approaching this with. And the initial the initial strategy that we're taking is kind of, we're calling like flipping the funnel upside down. So the past couple of years, content has become like a big part of SEO. What's going to happen with this AI and generative search, this is just my hypothesis, is that content-based queries or informational-based queries, like what's the DUI level in Florida, right? That would be like a piece of content that a lot of firms would probably build for a law firm and say, oh, it's good supporting content. It'll pick up additional traffic. Like that traffic's gone. <laughs> so what we're doing is we're saying, okay, instead of taking this top-down approach, looking at volume first, we're going to take a bottom-up approach, right? Meaning we're only going to look at the keywords that are going to drive business value for your law firm. 
In other words, if somebody searches for this, does this end up in a conversion? And that's not just the intent behind the query, but also looking at what's the action in search engines. So is it an AI result? Is it ad results? Is it a local maps pack? Is it content? Whatever that is. So we're taking this bottom up approach by saying, okay, we're just we're going to save you on the budget because also we'll talk about probably what's happening in the law firm market, which I think budgets are coming down because of the increased competition. I think just the increased cost of running a business, increased everything, right? Everyone's feeling a bit of a market burn right now in terms of operational costs for running a business. So I think a lot of the prospects and clients that we work with are going from having maybe a 20, 15, 10, 5K budget. They're shrinking, right? So if we can reduce kind of our CapEx and we can pass it on to clients. So we're looking at how do we strip down our service to only focus on queries that are going to make the client more money. So that's number one, right? And then number two is taking what we're called this, it's like a vertical integration approach to keyword research. So vertical integration in the business world is kind of how I have my company set up, meaning I'm able to vertically align my operations, my people, my staff, my processes, and then basically distribute them through different companies to service different parts of the market, right? Blueprint and Webers really have the same product. It's just delivered differently. We're running the same core operations and systems. One's more of a training and coaching for agencies like yours. The other one would be, um, you know, for like a law firm, but it's the same process. We're just building it differently. So taking this concept and applying it to keyword research, meaning, okay, once we've identified the keywords that we know without a shadow of a doubt, intent wise, if somebody is searching for this, then it's going to result in a call or a lead for a law firm. We're then going that and taking that to search engines and saying, okay, if somebody's looking for law firm, uh, immigration attorney near me, what's happening in search engines. And we're literally just plugging that in manual and saying, okay, like LSA is the top result here, right? So that is probably what we want to assign to get visibility for this keyword. So we're basically going down this keyword list and instead of just like jamming down one approach or jamming content and just doing everything, we're just being a lot more strategic and looking for kind of like the best entry point, especially for smaller firms. Like how can we get them them to 10 to 15 phone calls a month that are going to be quality at a reasonable cost and then expand from there, right? So if we start with LSAs or we start with local SEO, then we can go to local ads, then we can go to paid search ads and we can kind of expand that way, right? Then we can look into going into new markets, things like that. But we're really trying to strip it down because we think there's been a lot of fluff and a lot of waste in the industry over the past five years. And that's what happened when times are good. When there's money going around, you know, we inflate our services, we sell more stuff. At the end of the day, marketing is about making people more money period. And somewhere along the line, the SEO industry got fat, it got bloated, which is fine. It's a great sign for this business in this industry. But I just think as a business, an agency, if you want to make it through this AI wave, like you got to make people money. It's that simple, right? And I think if you're a law firm on the other end, listening to this too, like you need to be evaluating an agency based on that, right? Based on data, based on numbers, really looking at what's happening in search and not just being throwing money <laughs> at, you know, a campaign and hoping that it's help, hoping that it sticks, you know, kind of like when the tide goes out, you get to see whose pants are down, so to speak, that whole saving. The one thing I've noticed from the, the SGE kind of the beta stuff that I've seen is I will say like the your money, your life, the legal, the financial space don't trigger the AI as much as other industries. Having said that, we all already had a lot of zero click scenarios with rich snippets anyway. Yep. So I think it's just pushing more emphasis to the transactional queries anyway. And I think that bottom up approach, while different, you're not going to have maybe a, as much total top line traffic. It's going to be more likely to convert. So I, I, I yeah. totally agree with that approach. 2023 has been like the year of AI, right? I'll never forget sitting out in the wintertime in my backyard by my pool with my wife and on Twitter, when ChatGPT came out and I like sat there and looked at it and I was like, babe, <laughs> this could change our lives either for the best or for the worst. Like I like this is like the start of the next wave of 
business for us, right? And in, in looking at these things. But after SGD, SGE came out and I saw the demo and saw it, I was like, this really just looks like a new U, a new UI to your point. Like it to me, it looks like Google had to upgrade their product. They had to catch on to the AI trend, but there's not that much. Like they've been using AI in their search results for years, right? So they're not changing how the algorithm is finding stuff. It's just changing the actual UI in terms of how people interact with the results. And I'm okay with that. As a searcher, I think they needed an upgrade because you look for recipes, you look for travel stuff, and it's a mess. Like they're, they killed their own product by putting too much stuff in there. So I think this will actually be good for Google. And like I said, I think to your point, this has been happening for the longest time. And like SEO has been complaining about it. But I always tell people all the time, like we built a house on rented property here, people like stop complaining. Google's paid for all of our lifestyles for the last 10 years. Like stop throwing stones. Like you should be happy if anything. And like stop complaining that like Google's taking, they're not taking your traffic. Like you chose to index your website there. You chose to create that content to get traffic from there. Like if you have a problem with it, go play somewhere else. But if not adapt and it's going to be fine. Like you said, like these informational queries, they don't really move the needle in to be honest, like as an agency, like they've just created more work for us anyways, like creating content sucks. Like it's not, <laughs> it's just created more stuff, you know? Um, so if we can strip it down and focus on really the local aspects of it, and I think a lot of paid search is really where we're going to win. Because if you go now and you Google like, again, immigration attorney in Miami, you have to go all the way down to the bottom of the SERPs to get to like the true SEO listings. Like those, ha- those results haven't been impactful for years, right? It's ads and it's local. It's, it's a maps pack <laughs> that drives like what we see is like 60 to 7% of phone calls for our clients, you know? We have some clients that dominate a few that dominate organic number one position. And if but if they're if they pop out, of if they don't show up in the maps, their their calls dramatically decrease. It's funny that you say all this uh, and it's about how our lives change because I originally went in there and I'm like, am I being a pessimist? And I was like, no, I'm a half glass full kind of guy. And I was talking to my coach, Bobby Castro. And then we also I was in a performance uh, mastermind. And they're, they're talking, Chris, it's not you're afraid of AI, you're excited about the AI opportunities. And once I flipped that mindset, and I started looking at it as a tool, it totally flipped my mindset. Yeah. It, and I think as look, I think as business leaders who employ a lot of people, it's a slippery slope for us. And it's, it becomes a kind of a dangerous conversation, because there's two parts to AI, right? There's one that we just talked about, which is how it's going to impact search, and how people interact with search, and then the market share that we as marketers can actually take advantage of, right? Then the other thing that we're talking about though is task automation, which is where as a business leader, you know, admittedly I'm excited about it because there's a lot of things like that's going to help to speed up. And, you know, like me and my partner at our at WebRC agency sat down in like February and I was like, dude, we might not have to hire anyone anymore. Like we, like we might be okay with the team that we have now forever, which is amazing as a business leader. But then if I put myself in the shoes of staff and employees, well, I'm kind of hesitant to talk about it because like, I, I feel like we have to be a little bit careful because, you know, we are only as good as the team that we have. And the people that yeah. we have at our agencies have have allowed us to put ourselves on this pedestal and have this conversation. So it's it's a difficult, it's a very difficult kind of thing. I mean, as a business leader, pure entrepreneur, like it's amazing because it's going to like automate a lot of stuff that like we haven't really liked doing and we've had to build processes around and outsource and whatever. Back in the day, there was to get leverage, labor-based leverage. It's it's the up and out method. And, and revenue was coupled with the amount of bodies you had. Yeah. But now it's decoupled. Yeah. It's one person is like this enhanced through all this technology and can do so much more. It kind of what goes through my head every time is farming. It's the, the people row cropping by hand and how many people you had to have in the field versus boom, the combine comes in. It changes the game. Yeah, I, 100%. I was at dinner over the weekend and 
we were, was with a couple and we were talking about this and how AI is going to like potentially impact the marketing space. And they were like, are you worried? And I was like, I'm not worried for myself and my family because I'm in a position where I know how to control the technology. And like, there will always be a need. There will always be a market for people like myself. Like I, th- I think the company of the future will have AI managers in each department, right? So instead of having a content department with a content lead and 20 content people, you'll have a content AI person who's responsible for the content AI, right? You'll have a finance, like all the different departments. So you'll have like five to three people companies with a CEO, right? And people that are managing the technology and the AI. And I think what I'm trying to do with some of my people and team at the agency now is help them understand how to become more managers as opposed to doers, right? Because the doing is what's going to get eradicated. So I'm trying to help them to understand that, like, if you're doing something over and over again, document it, <laughs> build a process around it, and let's figure out how to get that off your plate. Because I want you to develop into more of a strategic thinker in terms of how you're att- attacking and approaching this, because that's going to protect yourself. That's going to make yourself more valuable as company. And as we grow and our margins get better, I want to give that back to those people, right? So again, with profitability in the company, the departments that we can grow. So instead of just having this savage mindset where I'm just using it and just cutting people and putting it in my pocket, I would like to try and build that culture in the company and that thinking in the company, because I'm still going to need these people going forward. And if I can develop them into that thinker, and also we can get ahead of this curve and have them thinking about, okay, instead of trying to protect my job, if I can advance this and go out and find the technology that's going to speed in my job, I'm going to make more profits for this company, which is going to come back to myself in the long run as well. So these are like some of the things that I'm trying to think about as a leader in terms of how do I, right? I don't want to be that business leader that's just like, yo, AI's here, like we can fire everyone. You know, I don't want to do that. Yeah, yeah, it's ruthless. <laughs> yeah. Ruthless, you got the, you know, the the robot Ryan versus like the emotional Ryan. And yeah. like, yeah. It, it's conflicting because as business owners, we're, we own a business to generate a profit. Otherwise, it's a nonprofit or it's yeah. a hobby. Yeah, I love your your idea, the concept of changing, taking those grinders and making them minders. You're a process guy. How do you go about with time management? How do you approach it? Having three healthy, healthy businesses, mm-hmm. not just ones kind of neglected. You have three healthy growing businesses. How do you go- approach time management? I think uh, number one is people, right? Is that I had to make a commitment years ago to consciously not working on stuff. What I mean by that is when I sit down and I'm like, I don't know, working on a sales proposal. And I'm like, I, I had to consciously be like, you have to stop doing this because you're enabling you, 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 I was a big, and I think most of us are, we're always the biggest bottleneck in our companies, right? Because we stop and we'll be like, oh, God damn it. Like I got to do this proposal. Like, cause you didn't do it right. And then you do it for them. It's kind of like raising kids, I guess. I don't know. Like you have to pull yourself out of the way and let other people do their jobs and you have to hire people and bring them in and be willing to take money out of your own pocket. So that was like number one for me. And that's, and that's a constant daily thing. So most of my time is now spent in meetings with people, helping them working for them essentially to help them do their job. So there's always stuff that I'm working on that I feel like only I can work on. That's really like video content and some some marketing strategy and relationship building with people and stuff like that and consulting. But for the most part, it's people. And then just being extremely organized and attention to detail, right? Project management systems, taking notes. Like I don't go anywhere without a notebook. You know what I mean? Every call that I have, I have a notebook, write everything down. And as soon as I get off that call, it goes into a project management system and it gets assigned to somebody. And I film a loom and I tell them exactly what they need to know. And if they need more help, then we'll jump on a call. So moving to this system where it's much more of a delegation, dictation, teaching, coaching, as opposed to just an endless to-do list, which still happens, of course, right? There's stuff that that I'll have to do. But the goal for me is to constantly evaluate what I'm doing and ask myself if somebody else could do it, right? And if they can, then I, I just, I'm a roadblock. It's a grind though. You know, I also don't have kids yet. You know, so it's, it's <laughs> I still have a little bit extra free time. <laughs> 
my life totally changed like <laughs> the kiddo thing so rewarding i love it but yeah totally different when now when i hear people say oh you're not gonna have time when you have kids i was like uh I'll be yeah good. i know pe- people no, say people say all the time they're like uh, once you have kids like I, I saw a funny tweet that was like i'll never take time management advice from people who don't have kids it's like fuck off <laughs> <That's> <laughs> like, don't give me your advice so that's why i'm like always hesitant to give time adva- time advice because i you know i have a wife and a partner who's incredibly supportive of what i do and she gives me the freedom to she's not the type of person that's like oh you're working still or you're working on a weekend like she's not that that's person great. she's incredibly great. understanding and you know because of that she's helping me you know, she's a part of what I'm building, you know, very much that I couldn't do without her. So Ryan, this has been fantastic. Where can our audience go to get in touch with you and and learn more? Yeah, YouTube is probably the best. I post videos every week. It's just Ryan Stewart on YouTube. Definitely the best place to check me out. Thanks so much for Ryan for sharing his predictions for the future of digital marketing in the era of artificial intelligence. Let's recap a few of those key predictions. AI is reshuffling the organic search deck. To come out on top, focus on high value transactional keywords and localization. Ryan calls this flipping the funnel upside down. It can help you target your marketing budget toward content that converts. Content has become like a big part of SEO. What's going to happen with this AI and generative search, this is just my hypothesis, is that content-based queries or informational-based queries, like what's the DUI level in Florida, right? That would be like a piece of content that firms would probably build for a law firm and say, oh, it's good supporting content. It'll pick up additional traffic. Like that traffic's gone. (laughs) So what we're doing is we're saying, okay, instead of taking this top-down approach, looking at volume first, we're going to take a bottom-up approach. Document those routine tasks. As AI grows stronger in its capabilities, those tools can be used to master automation, eventually stepping in as a capable assistant. This will increase employee utilization rates and drive profit margins for your firm. What I'm trying to do with some of my people and team at the agency now is help them understand how to become more managers as opposed to doers, because the doing is what's going to get eradicated. So I'm trying to help them to understand that, like, if you're doing something over and over again, document it, (laughs) build a process around it, and let's figure out how to get that off your plate, because I want you to develop into more of a strategic thinker in terms of how you're attacking and approaching this, because that's going to protect yourself. That's going to make yourself more valuable as a company. Evolve or fizzle out. The AI marketing era will reward efficiency and innovation, track conversions relentlessly, deliver measurable ROI, and stay agile or risk getting left behind. As a business and agency, if you want to make it through this AI wave, like you got to make people money. It's that simple, right? And I think if you're a law firm on the other end listening to this too, like you need to be evaluating an agency based on that, right? Based on data, based on numbers, really looking at what's happening in search and not just throwing money at you know a campaign and hoping that it's hoping that it sticks you know all right everybody i hope you added a few more tools to your kit for more about ryan his consulting agency or any of his projects head on over to the show notes while you're there leave me a five-star review i'll be forever grateful thanks for listening to personal injury mastermind with me chris stryer founder and ceo of rankings.io catch you next time i'm out